the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Welcome to another edition of the Spot Track Podcast. My name is Mike Giannetti. Happy holidays. Sneaking in a podcast in the holiday week here. Plenty to get to. Cousin Dan joins me in just a few moments. It's quarterback season. It's NFL offseason season for us. I know it's two weeks away from the regular season ending. I know we're still two months away from the Super Bowl, but it gets early late here. So we uh, we have started our offseason financial series with, of course, the quarterback position. It's a deep dive into every team's quarterback room from QB1 to QB3 in most instances. Pending free agents, possible extensions, possible trades, possible restructures, every uh, every possibility I could think of with most of the players across the league at the quarterback position, from the Russell Wilson mess to new deals for Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and a good crop of young quarterbacks that are about to get paid. So there's plenty to get into there. Um, maybe a few head scratchers, maybe a few hot takes. Um, I try not to go too far down that rabbit hole, but look, it's, it's tough to assess the Raiders and the Dolphins and the Jets and the Giants at this point in time. There's some, there's some big time question marks out there. So all 32 teams were addressed. It's as deep a dive as I could give you at Christmas week, but, uh, that will not be the end of it. I will flip to the running back position next. It's one of the biggest years for that position. And that's saying a lot because I know that we talked nothing but negatively about it. And look, I'm not going to be able to throw big numbers at you with any of those deep dives. I don't even think I can get there with Barkley anymore. But I'm going to look at all 32 teams and almost all of them have an expiring contract that's worth a damn. There's 17 free agents that are going to move around and get new jobs or maybe stay at home. And that generally won't mean big money, but it's going to mean a lot of movement. So I'm excited for that piece. I'm Way more excited for that piece than the wide receiver piece this year. Uh, completely opposite last year, of course, when the wide receiver was probably the position of the year. And speaking of which, our next episode of this podcast, our final one of 2022, will be our year in review. Scott Allen's been doing a crap load of work on some numbers, some analytical numbers with SpotTrack.com, as well as putting together a list of some of the storylines and players and teams that he think are worth mentioning. And I'm sort of uh, taking that and running with it. So there'll be a piece on SpotTrack.com with sort of our summary. And I'm talking contract extension of the year, trade of the year, uh, most spenders, highest earners, possibly some best values, possibly some rookies, possibly some old dogs, possibly some storylines. Not just the ones that we had in 2022 ranked, but maybe a couple of bold predictions as to what we might see in 2023. That'll certainly be what the podcast entails, and we haven't yet recorded that, so there's still time for Carlos Correa to get involved in that conversation, certainly to factor into what the Mets have done this thus far. Um, but it's a look back. We love doing it every year. There's a lot that goes on, especially with the multiple sports that we, that we cover. We'll try to touch on you know, a little bit of everything and keep it within the hour. But that's the, uh, that's the final episode. And like I said, I will supplement that with a summarized article on spytrack.com. And speaking of which, that quarterback piece is now live on spytrack.com. So check that out at the uh, usual spots you get your articles from us. Let me know what you think. At spytrack on Twitter, 
What did I miss? Is Derek Carr to the Jets a ridiculous idea? Baker Mayfield staying with the Rams. A ridiculous idea. And by the way, we talk about all of this and plenty more with Cousin Dan on our quarterback carousel slash extension slash question mark slash bull prediction podcast. That's coming up right now. All right, Dan, it's one of my favorite times of the year. It's the NFL sort of off season, right? We, uh, we jumped the gun on this stuff. The regular season's too long. Let's start talking about the, uh, the plans that are soon to be in front of us with a lot of these teams. It's quarterback day. Um, we've talked a little bit about this offline. If you had to guess, and maybe you've cheated already, there is a brand spanking new, super long, way too long piece on spytrack.com right now that precedes this conversation diving into the quarterbacks by team. If you had to just assess this thing in your head, how many teams are at least questionable with their quarterback for 2023? I actually saw um, somebody kind of try and make an informal list. I know it's well over 10. I, I think it goes like 10 to 14 teams anywhere in there. Am I, am I close? Yeah. Yeah. I have it right at half, right at 16. And, and I'm not even including like the Baltimore's of the world that, Yes, their quarterback has an expiring contract, but let's be real about what's about to happen here, you know? So it's legitimately half the league. The problem is this. In, in the past two to three years when we've been having this conversation, we've had 10 to 12 to 14 teams that were probably looking to upgrade. We also had four to five quarterbacks that every team wanted, you know, especially last year, right? With the Watson and the Wilsons and possibly the Aaron Rodgers of the world, even Brady at some point there. Um, I don't think we have that this year. It, it, just off the top of your head, let's say Lamar's out of the conversation. You know, we may get to a Lamar trade world, but it's not here yet. Who is the breadwinner? Who is the quarterback that everybody's going to be coveting this year, or at least you know, six of those sixteen teams? Who's going to be the guy? It's a good question. I mean, I, I got to lean on probably Rodgers, but. Yeah, let's just it's say he's off the available. table. I, I read him yeah. right now as I'm staying here at least for one more year. So I, yeah. I, let's just say it, let's just say somebody of his stature is off the table. You know, can, if I throw a few names out, is it Garoppolo? Is it Derek Carr? Is it Daniel Jones? I don't think it's Geno Smith. I don't think it's Carson Wentz. Is it Baker? Has Baker done enough? And can he do enough over the next two weeks to really become the preeminent free agent quarterback? Yeah, Jimmy G is interesting. Um, I think that's like a great system fit for some teams. Um, yeah. Derek Carr, I, I feel like some organization thinks that they can squeeze a little bit more out of him, even though he's been um, with a number of different coaches over there. Um, who else? Josh McDaniels say? picked that team because of Derek Carr. He, Josh McDaniels was begging Belichick to bring Carr to New England when, when the Brady mess was happening. He, he's been wanting this relationship to happen for a long time now. It happened, and it's one of Derek Carr's worst seasons ever. Now, is that a McDaniels problem? Is that a, you know, offensive line? What is it? it why is Derek Carr probably out the door? Or do you not believe that's the case? I mean, the contract sort of indicates he's probably back another year, right? Or am I wrong on that? The, there's a three-day window where they can release him outright and it's basically no dead money. But they can trade him all offseason. They can send him somewhere all offseason 
40 million plus guaranteed kicks in. So the new team will have to basically want him for two years. I don't think that's a problem. You know, they can, a new team's probably going to want to give him that kind of leeway anyway. I, I do think if the Raiders start sniffing around that there's three to five teams that would at least be interested. I know it's funny because he's one of those quarterbacks. And I think Baker's in this conversation too. Half the world absolutely hates him and half the world thinks he's underrated. <laughs> he's just that kind of guy. And by the way, his stats sort of say that every other year, he's like a brand new guy, whether it's good or bad. So I, I look at him and that's a team I see the Jets could be in on. That's a, or, or that's a player the Jets could be in on. That's a player that the Buccaneers could say, maybe we can, you know, you know, run this thing on the fly if Brady retires or leaves. I do think there's some spots for for a player like Derek Carr if he becomes available. But to me, I see it as Baker, Derek Carr, and Jimmy Garoppolo. And by the way, I'm not I'm not excited about those names. I'm just saying that's probably the top three available here. Am I missing anybody? You did mention Daniel Jones there. I think. That is an interesting name to keep an eye on. Um, mm -hmm. Pretty disappointing start to his career, but um, looks like a a feasible quarterback with some some promising upside with the new regime there. So I do think that that is another guy that um, maybe a specific team targets, thinking that he's he's like a the best fit for their system. Um, has some running, some rushing upside. Which do you we, think you know, the Giants let know. him out the door though, Dan? Uh, that's a good question. Probably not. Yeah. I, I'd say probably not at this point. I think he's done enough there. Um, I mean, I don't blame that regime for not, not giving him the, the fifth year option before they mm -hmm. saw it. But um, here's the fascinating I, thing I about Daniel they, Jones. What are you going to find on the market? Well, okay. Great, great point. But what you just said is interesting, right? Because I, I think that's right. It feels super Blake Bortles, Bortles to me, right? It's a, it's a late rookie contract surge. The Giants may even sneak into the playoffs and may even win a game in the playoffs. And that would be almost precisely what happened with Bortles and Jacksonville there. So, and Bortles ended up getting three for three at 18, three, three for 54. So in today's world, that's three for 66. Daniel Jones is essentially $22 million if he's Blake Bortles. Um, what's interesting though, is if they feel like they're not competing against anybody and maybe they are, maybe Daniel Jones is the top, the most revered quarterback right now on this open market that, you know, that we're discussing. Maybe a lot of teams think that way, but if the giants think they can let him go out there and test the water without giving him a franchise tag, which is about $32 million right now, are they, are they playing with fire? Do, do the commanders pounce on Daniel Jones and steal him in division? Good point. I, I hadn't thought of it. It makes right. a ton of sense though. I mean, like, do you, and the reason I bring up the tag, Dan, is 32 million is a lot for Daniel Jones, in my opinion. And I think they're probably leaning towards a Barkley tag, if anything. So they, they have decisions to make there in-house. So it's, it's not a slam dunk that they just keep this quarterback situation intact as much as possible. What's your realistic upside case for his contract? Like, if he did leave, do you think he could get, like, a two-year deal at – 45 like what, what what do you think he's reasonably daniel jones yeah are you saying 45 like, million like, a year no 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 no. two for 45 like if if they don't franchise tag him and it's not 32 a year what do you reasonably expect he's like is he looking at a one-year geno smith deal on the open market do you do you think washington would extend 
multiple years um yeah to make it more appealing do you know what i'm trying to say here yeah like, like, I, I do I, to me he costs more on the open market than he does with the giants if there's bidders and i do think i i think there are bidders i think caroline is probably in on that i think washington's probably in on that even though you know to some degree they can draft themselves into a into a different situation uh i to me it, it could get to 25 million a year because remember that salary cap's probably going to 225 so if we're just doing percentages of cap right there and he's a middle of the road quarterback and right now he's above average, he's, he's third, third tier. Or so I, I'd put him at, he, he really did have a nice year and a half here. Um, so I, I think it's a little risky to let them, him just kind of test the waters and see where it ends up because there's probably somebody out there with ample cap space that would go North of it. I mean, I mean, Washington can free up Carson Wentz's contract. And that's 26 million sitting right there for them. Right there. That, that could immediately go to Daniel Jones in a heartbeat. So the Giants have to understand, even within their own division, that they can't screw around with the situation if that's the guy they want to roll with. And by the way, I don't know that there's a better option for them right now. Yeah. And like this was really a, a cap teardown year for them, right? There's really not a lot right. of um, surrounding weapons for Daniel Jones. So, like, from a player perspective, let's play it out that way. Like I would think, wouldn't you think he wants to stay there and run it back on a one-year deal? Even if it's the franchise tag, he's mm-hmm. there for one more year. He puts up a good year under the same system with Brian Dable. Is he not in the queue in 2024 for let's call it 150 mil? Like, if, yeah. If I'm his agent, Dan, I, I sign the franchise tag the second that they hand me the piece of paper. Yeah, saying they've offered exactly. It. Yeah. Because he goes somewhere else and maybe it's a disaster in Washington and people will go, whoa, 2022 wasn't exactly what we thought he was. He's more of the guy that we saw the first couple of years right. and then his market tanks. But if he can run it back with another strong year in New York with Ryan Dable in uh, that staff, um, seemingly with some more offensive weapons around him. Now, whether Barkley's there or not there, whether they add wide receivers, um, I, I at least think it's promising, especially from a player perspective, that he like the 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 avenue to a big contract for him seems like staying to me. You know, and it's funny. Uh, you, you know, we can talk a lot about the coaches, and a lot of it's negative usually because that's just the the easier conversations to be having. When I was writing this piece on the quarterback uh, stuff, team by team, it, I, I was almost repeating myself a dozen times that. It's totally player beware here. It's not even buyer beware, you know, because if Daniel Jones hits the market, there's going to be teams that say, well, we'll make it work. But your point with Daniel Jones and this Giants regime isn't understated. It's something's clicking that wasn't clicking with, with the previous regime or two that Daniel Jones had with the Giants. It's clicking. The San Francisco stuff, you know, uh, I have no idea what to expect because they're sort of rogue. But you're right. Garoppolo you know, dropping into Tampa Bay with, with Todd Bowles. And yeah, there's some weapons there, but Tom Brady's not making anything work there right now right, uh, right. under this coaching regime. What's to make it, what's to make us think that Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield could do that, right? Baker Mayfield, by the way, leaving three really weird coaching situations in Cleveland, maybe joining the best coaching situation in McVay and immediately looks like an above average quarterback again. So uh, to me, that's the theme. And it's going to be the theme with all these positional breakdowns that I do, but certainly with the quarterback at the most. Beware of chasing the money right now if it's not guaranteed that you have eight more years in this league. Because you're right. Daniel Jones could walk himself into a year and a half guarantee that literally finishes his career. 
signing a deal in a in a situation in Washington, maybe that situation, by the way, could be literally uh, the nail in his coffin. You know, even if it means sixty million guaranteed in his pocket, and I understand that's life changing, but it, it's fascinating just to to go team by team and understand, you know, just how important some of these coaching regimes are to the whole system working. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of decent quarterbacks out there, but a lot of guys can get can get coached up into above average status if they're in the right spot. Um, I want to go to a, a, a name that I don't think a lot of people are going to focus on right now because it seems like it's sort of a holdover. Are the Lions good with Jared Goff here? Is this just going to be a situation that we just kind of forget about until 2024? I think because he's the ultimate, have- he's the ultimate got coached up got thrown away because he didn't he wasn't good enough to meet that that high coach expectation and now still just looks like an above average quarterback so because he's kind of the poster model for a lot of these other quarterbacks that are about to hit the open market is he just in a decent spot or is he just a good quarterback not great good yeah i think he's feasible i I think in that scenario you have to run it back with him i mean yeah you you say like he's been around a little bit even last year in the same or similar system he, he wasn't no, really the guy we are seeing this year. I, I like to think it's the second year under a new head coach. Um, they do have some nice weapons around them, like two, you know, two good running backs. They had a tight end. They just traded away, but they do have some like, okay depth there in terms of young guys. They have plenty of wide receivers. Um, so I, I don't totally, I don't totally hate it. And, and kind of back to our original point, you, you move on from golf. Is there really another, no. another better option out there? So like, I don't, like maybe he's not your ceiling quarterback that gets you into the playoffs. But I, I mean, unless there's an alternative there that I'm not, and also a, not a super desirable like landing spot in terms of like Detroit itself. It's not like a coveted free agent spot. So, so, so I'm, I'm going to kind of pick and choose our teams here because obviously we're not running through 32. You're more than welcome to hit the article for the, the full 32 team breakdown, but the lions are, one of the more fascinating teams this coming off season in a lot of facets because, and by the way, the golf conversation is where it all starts because my next question, Dan is obviously the defense is what needs to get fixed up here, you know, and they're going to draft heavily. They're going to probably load up on free agent money or on free agent acquisitions. There maybe a couple of trades to really push this thing in. Are they doing, are they rebuilding their defense and securing their offense with Jared Goff in mind or are they going to say, we're just going to get the best team possible. And then if he's not the guy after 2023, we're going to try to start it over sort of Buccaneer style and Bronco style to a terrible, you know, example there. But um, is that going to be how they do this is, is just kind of use him as a placeholder, rebuild the rest of the roster as needed, which is certainly what the plan is. Or do you think it's about, we now know what golf can bring us. We're all in. Every in every other facet of this roster, because this guy can take us back to a Super Bowl like he did with the Rams. Yeah, I don't think that quite. Um, quite honestly, I, I I just think it's more of like a safety. We yeah, like let let's call a spade a spade. A lot of his production this year has been like on the heels of atrocious defense early in the season, and they were playing from behind, trying to. So it, like he's sort of put up Blake Bortles numbers in that regard, but. Um, he's, he's also not as bad as we saw under Jeff Fisher Rams, right? Like, yeah, 
he's somewhere in between there. So like that to our point, I think he's good enough to get you by. I think he might give you a shot next year, but I, I don't think they're designing. Is he um, Ryan Tannehill? Long- like, can he be a quarterback on a team that's parentally, you know, f- fighting for a, an NFC playoff spot? Yeah, that's, that's probably not a bad cons- comparison talent wise. I mean, the system is, is pretty different there, but um, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I don't I don't love Jared Goff. I just think that there's going to be very few options. Um, my only my only reason for bringing it up, be- Dan, is they have the number seven pick right now from the Rams from the Goff trade. It, are they are they thinking quarterback this year at all in this draft? Are, are they yeah, are, a- are they thinking about bringing in Goff's replacement this year, letting him sit behind him for a year, and then flipping the thing over? Or do you think that's that's out of the realm of conversation right now for this Lions roster? Yeah, that's that's the perennial question with all of this stuff is like you don't often get to draft at the top. Right. So if you have the shot, you should typically take the quarterback. Um, we've seen other teams regret not doing that um, in the recent past. So I, I don't I don't have a good question. I don't have a good answer to that. Um, I just I just feel Dan Campbell culture wise, like after they had a, a pretty steamy season here, like compared to what a lot of people thought they would be. Um, it's going to be hard for them to walk away, but I mean, again, if you get a top 10 quarterback and it's a guy you want and you think you can build around in the future, then yeah, that's probably the way to go rather than designing an offense around a guy like Jared Goff where you mostly know what you're going to get. So I think that both things can be true and that's, I'm not softballing this answer. What I'm saying is they're probably perfectly fine with running get golf out there for the next two seasons, which is where his contract stands. Two more seasons. It's about 52 and a half million total. So it's not cheap, but you know, it's not top of the market by any means either. It's right in the middle, kind of where we're talking with this Daniel Jones conversation. I think that if everything kind of continues to gradually progress, like it has having him under for those two seasons is fine. However, in April on that Thursday, if Player X slips, right? Let's just say it's CJ Stroud. Let's just say Stroud doesn't get taken top six or wherever they are, right? And he's sitting there. I, my guess is that they've already got a plan in place to say we're taking him. Right. We're not going to let these t- one of these two guys get past us if they're sitting there with that number seven or six pick. So I, both are probably true. Um, I, I just think that Jared Goff deserves a little credit here. I think he's definitely righted his own ship in a way that, as we mentioned with the Jones stuff, not many of these guys do. And by the way, Baker's starting to get in that conversation here quickly. And uh, why don't we talk about him a little bit? Because you've been, you are, you are one of the, the, the most uh, grounded people when it comes to sports takes. You hate them, by the way. And I, you almost never overreact, especially when it comes to baseball. But even you, wrote me wrote me a couple of days ago with with one of those is baker mayfield literally going to become the next rams quarterback <laughs> nothing has surprised me more over the past couple of weeks and i'm sitting here after a blizzard in, in buffalo yeah. new york than you saying that because it means that you know more people than usual are buying into this whole situation is there really a a, a path forward for baker probably not with the rams because i think for sure stafford is coming back but is he going to be the starting quarterback of a franchise next year without question? I don't want to say that, but I do think he's definitely prepared his um, 
his stock here in just mm-hmm. a few short weeks, like out of sort of out of nowhere. I mean, everybody left him for dead coming out of Cleveland, goes to Carolina, poor situation there, left for dead again, exposed the waivers. Only team that claims him is the Rams. Um, I mean, like candidly, this is a guy that I, I, I root for. Um, I, I like his, uh, his attitude, if you will. Um, I know it rubs people the wrong way, but he just seems like a guy that, um, like like players want to get behind and play for right so on that note it seems like sean mcveigh specifically i I think that they had what was it they had a relationship on a flight from like the pro bowl or something one year or or something like that and apparently they talked football the whole way um and and mcveigh was extremely impressed baker was extremely impressed it worked both ways which like kind of kindled this relationship where mcveigh wanted to bring him in and we saw like how how that relationship translated when you know that that Las Vegas Monday night game or whatever it was which was one of the most incredible <laughs> spectacles I've ever seen yeah. um yeah. that that comeback so all I'm trying to say is that like I I I thought coming out of college we thought Baker was a bit of a system quarterback he lands in in Cleveland it sort of played out like that with them being like a rushing offense worked around him. Then he got injured and things just fell off a cliff. I, I do think there's still some, some tread on the tire here. Um, and I, I think in the right system, the right, the right landing spot, he can be a, a feasible quarterback and maybe that spot is, is LA with the Rams. Um, but as can, you said, can I, can I latch on to this conversation? Stuff. Because to, to me, this is everybody talks about 2023. Like it's the only option here. And it's not, and yeah, and I'm not, I'm not trying to talk about 10 years down the road, but is it, is it terrible? And maybe it's not feasible for Baker Mayfield from a business standpoint, but is it the worst thing in the world for Baker Mayfield to be signed as the Rams backup next year? Matthew oh, Stafford, no, for sure. Matthew Stafford's going to make about 45, $50 million guaranteed next year. And there's more guaranteed in 2024. But if the writing is on the wall, that Stafford wants to go one more year and then shut it down. What if the Rams already know that? What if that's already baked into the cake here? And McVay is literally doing his homework for 2024 right now. Now, it doesn't mean that Baker has to become the backup. He can go and play for Tampa Bay for a year, you know, and make his one for, you know, 26 or whatever the hell it's going to be. And then they can sign him back and there's a wink, wink, handshake agreement already in place. I, I just wonder if this little six-week spurt with McVeigh and, and Mayfield, you're right. There's a lot of public adoration here is going to lead to eventually Baker Mayfield and Sean McVeigh working together again. doesn't have to be 2023. I, I think there's a path where that's the case because I don't think Stafford's career is going to last at, at the most two more years, the way this is trending. Yeah. He's made so much bag in this game from his rookie contract all the way through. He just doesn't need to put his body through that anymore. He's got a Super Bowl. I, I just wonder if it's a, doesn't have to be this year, but let's let's talk about it for two or three years down the road. Because Baker's not forty, you know. Baker's not. He's he's been tossed around here, and he's had nine coaches. But I I think what's happening now doesn't have to become a reality this coming March. It can be maybe in two marches, maybe in three marches. That's possible. Yeah, I think it's an awesome point. Um, 
quite frankly, I, th- I maybe you're underselling the fact that it should be next year. Um, like for, maybe six months ago, Baker Mayfield thought he was a legitimate starting quarterback in the league and thought he could find a landing spot. We sort of saw that play out where maybe teams don't think that. And maybe even after this like little sample with the Rams, maybe teams still don't think he's that guy. So maybe right. the, from uh, again, from the player perspective, the best thing is for him next year to just do a Jimmy Garoppolo type deal and say, I know I'm not going to be the starter. Um, but I'm a I'm a really nice um, landing spot in case your 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 plan A goes wrong. So I think and, it's and really also fun. staying in the system for another year, it's just going to make me a better quarterback wherever the hell I end up. Right. Even if it means I can't be here, right? Just reset yourself a little bit and take more than just these six weeks. Take a year plus six weeks. Work under McVeigh. Keep making your bag. Baker did fine on his rookie contract. We all know where that led up forty plus million dollars. So um, I, I do think there's a world for that now. Look, we started this conversation by saying there's really not a name here. So the 11 to 15 teams that need a new quarterback, they may look at Baker and say, well, it's good enough and overpay him to get him. You know, Washington might do that. Tampa Bay might do that. It's extremely possible. So I'm, I'm not ruling those situations out, but I'm also not ruling out the Baker Ram stuff just because there's not a spot for him on the field next season. That's all I'm saying. Let's, let's yeah, think a little I- bit more long-term than that. Uh, Geno Smith and the Seattle situation, it's fizzled quite a bit. I mean, Geno's kind of come back down to earth a bit. That whole Seattle team as a whole has been weirdly injured and banged up and just really has just sort of sputtered to the point of where they're probably not going to make the playoffs. They may be already out. I haven't done the homework on that, but, uh, just your thoughts there, because if we're talking about paradoxes, this Geno stuff, which was $40 million a year, right, in everybody's mouth a couple of weeks ago, is now, what do we do with that potential top three draft pick? Is it going to be really somebody to facilitate Geno Smith, or is it going to be somebody to replace Geno Smith? Forty mil talk was was nonsense, and I never got there. You know, no, no, not not. It wasn't you. I'm not, I'm just saying that as a national talking point, it's just like everyone latches on to whatever whatever just happened, and yeah. then it's like guaranteed that you know everybody thinks he's going to make forty mil. I I don't think he was ever getting there. I don't think you ever thought he was getting there. No. Um, now again, what options do they have? And they just saw what they had in Gino. He runs the offense they want. Um, I, I don't know necessarily why you you'd have to move away. Um, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are both locked in long-term. You just drafted Kenneth Walker, the third, um, you have both your tight, your two top tight ends returning next year. They just had a really stellar draft. Um, but as you pointed out, there's, there's almost no depth. As soon as they ran into some injuries, now they're starting Marquise Goodwin, um, in like practice squad running backs. So I think, I, I don't think. I think we all got carried away with the start and how yeah. exciting it looked. Rightfully so. Which, it was it was right. complete thought, basement to, you know, basically top of the league, which never happened. Right. And we and there were there was some hyperbole out there that with Drew Lockett quarterback, this is one of the worst <laughs> rosters ever assembled with preseason. People were saying that. So yeah. Um like uh, this is just your classic team that you know, picked late in drafts for a long time. Um, you know, didn't have a ton of draft resources and now they're sort of resetting, but I think pieces are in place there, um, that you bring Gino back one year, if it costs you one year, 25 mil, so be it. Mm -hmm. Um, you, it doesn't stop you from drafting a quarterback high. What are they third? We just talked about third overall. 
Um, so if you want to do that and draft a quarterback or you go into the year with Gino, if he's awful, which I have, a, I really do with, have a hard time seeing that that offense just fall off a cliff with the playmakers they have there. Um, so I, I don't, I think it's unlikely that that 2024 pick would be like a top five, top 10 pick could be wrong there, but mm-hmm. um, so th- I, I wouldn't blame them if they want to get it on the quarterback market this year re-sign Gino and just have him be sort of like a lame duck, like Tyler Tyrod Taylor multiple times in his career situation where he's just brought in as the starter, but it's a very um, unstable situation. So I, otherwise though, I just like, we, we play quarterback musical chairs and I like, why not just go with the devil, you know, you know, rather than trying to just like catch lightning in a bottle with one of these guys that could, be a total disaster. So that, that's just my two cents on. Here's why Gino Seattle Bennett. ends up doing it the way you said it. March 15th gets here. Geno Smith hasn't been franchise tagged because 32 million cap and cash. That's just not feasible for this situation. It's just, it's just not right. Even though it's precisely the reason the franchise tag exists. like, Oh, we only want him for one more year. We don't want to lose him. We don't want him to get to free agency. It's just too expensive. The, the, the quarterback world is just too expensive for this particular situation. In my opinion, they may think otherwise. But let's say it's March 15th. There's no tag on him. He's, he's now available to, to speak with other teams. How many offers does he have? How many offers over $20 million a year does he have? Uh, over, under, two and a half, if I nope. take the under. <laughs> right. Everybody in the world knows this is lightning in a bottle. And Geno Smith is at the top of that list of knowing it. it. He goes in any other situation right now, and he he has a probably 85% chance of reverting back to the Geno Smith that was that was the New York Jets Geno Smith. So exactly. he just has to ride this out for as long as it's it's hot, you know, and maybe it's cooling off right now, and maybe throw in 20 million guaranteed at him next year, it ends up being a terrible decision. But guess what? Guess what? You know, it wasn't a terrible decision. Trading Russell Wilson. <laughs> And, and getting themselves oh. into this situation in the first place. They have so much house money right now in this entire scenario that you can throw 20 million at Geno Smith next year for one season, have it go terribly wrong. And then what's the worst case scenario? They're three and 15 and get to draft a quarterback next year, you know, in 2024. Right. No, no, to me, it's, it's win, win, win for Geno getting more money for the Seahawks, getting a chance to see if they actually figure this thing out. You know, when nobody else even thought this was a, this was supposed to be the QB three in the roster. This wasn't even supposed to be the QB two in the roster. So the fact that they knew in, internally that this had a chance and then it came to this, you got to give it justice one more year. So whatever it's going to cost, I, I don't think it gets to 25 even. And it may, it may look like three for 75, but it's probably going to be 22 million guaranteed at signing. You know what I mean? It's going to, it's going to look like a nice contract for the agent's purpose, but let's be real about what's, what's going to happen here. So. I just think it's win-win across the board. Nobody else is going to be bidding against Seattle so they can be, you know, simple with this, with this process. And then we just go from there. Yeah. You could actually, you could probably argue the only way they screw this up is if they don't resign him and they I completely with agree rookie, with you. I can, you've, you've got to at least see this out. I completely agree with you on that, Dan. Yeah, Cause like, let's say you draft a quarterback third overall and drew lock is your backup next year. And the, the quarterback's awful. Drew locks awful. You're just it, all of it's terrible. Everyone's right, Cause now you're what, forced what, to start that rookie unless right, you can right. get Gino to come back on a Garoppolo type deal, which I guess is possible. Right. But no chance. This is the one time in his life that he knows he can make bag, whether it's 
right now or whether it's somebody stupidly overpaying for him on free agency. And, and I don't think that's going to yeah. exist, but this is the only time he's going to have that opportunity. You know what I mean? So he, for sure. Yeah. It's just too yeah. risky not to try this. It's just really too yeah. risky not to. And he, and he should just take it too. I mean, like that. These guys, these quarterbacks do and should talk a big game in public about confidence and stuff, but yeah. some of them have to know the clock could strike midnight and they turn into a pumpkin at any time again, right? Like, all, I mean, Baker, it could happen next week for all I know. It could happen to any of these guys. Um, so, like, for Geno Smith, to, if Geno Smith is out there, you know, thinking that he's a, a top 10 no. quarterback in the league, I mean, no. like, I, I mean, want, he was for a cup of coffee, but, you know, yeah. realistically, it's coming back down to earth. Okay, ready? Rapid fire questions, because I have all this in my brain right now. I spend way too much time and way too many words on paper. Um, Atlanta, drafting, trading, signing in free agency. Or, draft. or sticking with Ritter and doing nothing quarterback-wise this year. I think they draft a guy. They're going to be up there. Oh, yeah. Um, they should have a shot at a guy that they want Ritter I mean like I'm not a film guy people I trust didn't like him coming out of college hasn't really seen anything um super promising in his first couple starts here um I I don't know if he's a guy you you pass up mostly too I know you're trying to go quick these guys I say draft for Atlanta because I think the core is like I mean you have a a generate what is thought to be a generational tight end Mm -hmm. you have what is thought to be a wide receiver one um, you, there's going to be a ton of running backs available. You find a guy that fits your system, put it, put the, you know, drop that rookie quarterback contract into the mix. Um, you're ready to go. So I don't really know if I see them needing to like to go with a trusty veteran is all I'm no. saying. So get another, get another rookie in the house, make him compete with Ritter Lamar Jackson franchise tag. And it's getting harder and harder. I'm going to say franchise. Yeah. The whole season? Does he play on it? It's going to be about $45 million. Cap and cash. Or does he hold out? Uh, I'll just say he plays, but I don't feel confident. I would totally deflect to you. I know you... He gets the tag and he holds out. He gets the tag. He doesn't doesn't play another snap until he's got a multi-year contract or is traded to a team that does it for him. Um, Carolina. That's the question. Yikes. I know. Right now they're Damn eighth it. in this draft. Right now they're eighth. There's four teams in front of them that need a quarterback. Dude, and that's the thing. I mean, is one of these teams at seven, eight, nine sitting here like on the yeah. outside of their of the fifth best quarterback in the league, in the draft this year? You know, that, yeah. That that's when me, things start getting. Let really me rephrase good. the question. Is Sam Darnold a week one starter for Carolina next year? Oh man. Um Yes, but I am very, <laughs> very I, unsure. I actually really agree with that. I think they're going to ride it out one more year and just kind of cleanse themselves. See what see what the hell happens with this running game and this defense. Yeah, I mean, the running game, I mean, you get rid of, I'm not saying that this like A plus B will C, but they get rid of what is thought to be the best running back in the league, the most dynamic running back in the league. And all of a sudden they have the best run game in the, in the league. It's, it's wild. It's wild. So, Indy, currently fifth. Probably, probably have a chance to draft that quarterback. That's the easy answer here, right? Yeah, I mean, you have to. Like, there's no way Jimmer say dies back in, right? Is Matt Ryan the backup because of the 12 million guaranteed, or are they paying that to let him go away? Man, I don't know. I they I, 
I thought they benched him originally to avoid the injury potential for that yep. contract. But if they brought him back in with the Jeff Saturday stuff, you know, I, I who knows if that was even ever on the table for them. But yeah, it's fair. Patriots, Mac Jones back. Um, no, gone. I Zach think, Wilson I think back just, with the Jets. No, definitely not. <laughs> Does Kenny Pickett get a year too? Not as a starter. I think he's on the roster, but I think I think that's a really appealing landing spot for someone. I don't know who somebody though. They have a lot of weapons there. Um, even though if, even if Deontay Johnson goes, um, yeah, I like it. Last one is the quarterback in twenty twenty three of the Washington Commanders currently on their roster. No. Good stuff, man. You can find this article on spotdraft.com. We'll have Dan Beck soon with some baseball and football. Thanks, Mike. Uh, thanks to Dan. Always good to have somebody to bounce that kind of ideas off of, even though, like I mentioned at the top of the show, there's a huge, way too many words article that supplements this conversation. So if your team wasn't mentioned today, it's in the article. All 32 teams are touched on their entire quarterback room. Who's in, who's out, who's a free agent, who could be an extension candidate, the works. Um, but look, we got through as many of them we could on this show without digging too deep. And look, there's a lot still to cover in this 2022 season. You know, Geno Smith has faltered off here, but what happens in the next two weeks? He plays his old Jets team in the next couple of days here. What happens if Baker Mayfield really does look the part the next couple of weeks? Not Certainly not to knock Matthew Stafford out of contention, but will he become, you know, a future Ram because of this little showcase effort? And does can Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson at least save face a little bit to finish 2022? Plenty to get to, but the uh, the words are on paper at this point. So check that out at spottrack.com. And like I said, running backs are next. And then certainly we'll be getting back to Major League Baseball. They took a little break with the holiday. But this Carlos Correa story with the Mets is not going away until it does. And hopefully it means a restructured version of that contract for you Mets fans. And if not, it's back to the drawing board. And maybe we're starting to see why this was a one-year essentially opt-out deal from Minnesota last year. Maybe we're starting to see some, some of the, uh, the long-term, you know, why Houston let him walk for what was essentially a six-year, $120 million offer, completely low-balled. And why these $300 million offers are being pulled left and right for Carlos Correa. It's, to me, that's the storyline. All the other uh, notable free agents have gone. We do have some trade candidates out there. So there's still plenty to talk to. But where this Correa deal ends up, or doesn't end up, is definitely the next big storyline in Major League Baseball to be following. NBA-wise, Keith Smith has his initial NBA trade piece live on SpyTrek.com. We'll have him on in the coming weeks here to facilitate that, to supplement that, to add some names to it. Because look, the bad teams are starting to bad pretty good now. And it's Victor Wambignana time. It's tank time for a lot of these franchises. And we're going to see more than usual do that by selling parts. It's not going to be big parts, just going to be cap parts and uh, pieces that uh, are valuable to contenders down the stretch, but may not you know, light up your fantasy boards. But it's that time of year. First week of February is that trade deadline. So as we get to January here, the hot stove rumors are going to light up and Keith's going to be all over it. So we'll have him on shortly to break down all of that mess. Looking forward to our year in review podcast coming up in a couple of days here. Any thoughts, any recommendations for it? Hit me up at Spot Trick on Twitter. 
For Scott Allen and Dan Soman, my name is Mike Giannetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Drive Podcast. Thank you.